Good morning. It's great to see every one of you. It's great to be in the greatest city in the United States, Charleston, South Carolina. It's great to be here. Hey, let me just tell you, um, if you're new to Crosstown, what's not going to happen today? We are not going to ask you your name. We're not going to ask you to raise your hand. We're not going to take any money. We are not going to take an offering. And the reason why I'm telling you that right up front, because I know some of you have been dragged here against your will by your mother or your wife. You were threatened that the pot roast would not be yours if you did not come. And I just want to let you know right up front, we're not going to try to get anything from you at all. And we want you to just relax and experience God here today. So normally what happens at this point um, is I would read the Easter story to you. Um, Easter is like Christmas. It's, it's one of those holidays that we think everybody gets. We just assume everybody here today or everybody around Charleston gets what Easter's about. But I don't think we do. I mean, I'm not even sure I totally get what it's all about. Even people who base their lives on the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus, I think we think we got it, but I'm not sure we really do have it. And, and I'm not, again, I'm going to tell you, I'm a, I'm a man who lives in the valley of the shadow of death. I live in that place between belief and doubt, skepticism. Um, I'm just like you. And so I'm constantly trying to rediscover what it is it that God's trying to do in my life and the world around me. And personally, regardless of how many times we read the scriptures, I think even still that sometimes we don't get it. So if you're a skeptic here on the whole God theory, it's really easy to look at the church world and come up with the wrong conclusion about what God is really after. Because we're always putting out what, what it's all about. We always will tell you the top three things, the number one thing, these five things if you do in your life. And, and we're, we're always trying to communicate what is it that God is really up to. So today we're going to go at this a little bit differently. And you, you probably already noticed from the picture of the seals that it's, we're going to go at this really differently. We're not going to reenact the resurrection story we're going to be talking about seals a little bit today. If you're churchified, if, if, if you walked in here today and you, you already knew what I was supposed to do on my job and how church was supposed to go, I'm just going to ask you just to relax and just power down just for a second and, and let's let God do something. If you're having a doubting moment with God or you're a skeptic or if you're a God hater, you are exactly in the right place. So I'm about to show you a, a video. I'm going to show you a video of a seal. Now, don't worry, there's nothing bloody that's going to happen. Nothing gross is going to happen in this video. But I'm going to show you the rescue of a seal. Um, this video is not about wildlife conservation. So so you may think when you're watching that, that I've got some underlining theme that I'm trying to communicate. This video is not about uh, being an anti-commercial fisherman, all right? I'm putting all this out there. This is about rescue of a, of a creature. It's about the one rescuing them. It's not about conservationism. It's not about being against fishing. 
This is about seals and the ones who rescue them. Let's watch. Tony, check the one with the red on his neck there. I've got mine. There. Do you see it? It's okay. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. There you go. Uh, uh, uh. Come on, Oh, look at that rope as well. It's another massive, like, yo, this could do a lot of damage too. So, another big ball of commercial fishing line, and this just recovered, very likely fell off a seal, just like a loose entanglement, but can't do any more damage now. This video really grabbed me, and I'm guessing it, it grabbed you as well. And after watching the whole thing, I got it. And, and I think you probably did too. I, th I think it was all there and it was packaged. And uh, it, it, in just a short amount of time, it made me care about the problems facing these beautiful creatures. It's like, yeah. Uh, it, in, in just a short time, it helped me see a problem that I was totally unaware of. I didn't know there was such a problem like this. And I don't think the SEALs knew that there was such a problem like this. And it also, in just a brief moment, it made me believe in the people doing it. You know, it was like, wow, when you just looked at the whole thing, it's like, I get it. So when you see a picture like this, you know what's really going on, okay? Because, you, because you've seen the whole story and it was all laid out for you, you now look at a picture like this and you get what the problem is. You get what's going on. You know that it's not about commercial fishing line. You know that that's not what the whole story was about because you just saw the whole story. It's not about commercial fishing line. It involves more than that, but it's not a story about being against fishing. Also, since you've seen the whole video, if I was to show you an isolated photo from the video, you could understand the context of it. I could tweet something out like this. Okay, so here we got this picture and, and you could get a hold of this picture if you did not see the whole video and you could tweet it out and you could title it Men Abusing Precious Baby Seals. Okay, because that's the photo you saw, you took that, you interpreted it and then you tweeted it out. And then maybe you put another caption as you put it on Instagram that you talked about because you saw a little bit of it 
that they were trapping the seals. Or also you found out that they were using nets against the seals. Or, or maybe you could tweet out men wrestling seals, chasing seals, or, or rubbing their faces in the sand. You could, you could tweet that out. You could also say men chasing seals with knives and scissors. You know what's crazy? Is that in that video, all those things did happen. You could take an isolated picture out of that and you could post that picture and you could say, well, that's what took place in this video and you'd be, correctly, um, you'd be correct about the facts of what took place. But don't you know, and you do know, that you would be wrongly representing the story. Matter of fact, because you've seen the video, you would know that in those pictures that the opposite was actually going on. That this was not abuse. This wasn't harshness for harshness sake. This was about rescue. This was about compassion and some great people doing a great work to rescue these, these hurting creatures. So what's this got to do with the death and the resurrection of Jesus? It's because Christians in the church, of which I'm a part, can be in the habit of tweeting out just little pictures. Okay, we just put out pictures and we lose the whole story. Um, for instance, we'll post about sin. We do that. We, we po- we'll get billboards and we'll, we'll get a billboard and we'll, we'll put a sin and we'll put it on the billboard. Or maybe, here's a crazy one, we, we post about hell. You know, we'll put up a video, we'll put up a sign, we'll put up a, we'll hand things out and what we'll do is we'll put pictures of flames and, and we'll talk about hell and about people going to hell. Okay? And it's like, yeah, I wonder how that picture's gonna go over. Um, we'll post about Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. We'll post about abortion. We'll, po- we'll post about what marriage is. We'll post about commandments. We'll, we'll just post these things. And what happens is, is if you're not aware of the whole story, it all looks like somebody rubbing some precious little creature's face in the sand. It just looks like some form of abuse. So I'm gonna wrestle some feathers today and and it would be more with with church people instead of unchurched people. But I I dare you to remain to the end. Um, This story that we hear about God is not about God trying to show you how sinful you are. Okay, that's not what it's all about. This story that from God is not about how to get to heaven. We tend to make it out to that. It's like, if you die tonight, would you go to spend eternity in heaven or would you go to hell? It's like, wow, that's really, that's all you pulled out of this story. Out of all this story, you pulled out these two pictures and you're saying this is what it's all about. Um, This book, this story is not all about morality and about rules. This is gonna really blow you away. This book and this story is not all about Jesus dying on the cross. 
And I know that I just send a chill through all of my conservative Baptist folks here. You know, I mean, you're, you're, you're nervous right now. No, no, we're not going off the edge here. It's, but that's not what it's all about. This book is not all about Jesus rising on the third day. Now, is there fishing string in the story? Yes. Is there face in the sand? Yes. Is there a chase going on? Yes. Is there wrestling going on? Yes. Is there someone chasing someone else with a pair of scissors? Yes. But it's all about the compassion of the one for the rescue of the many. I mean, that's what the story is all about. And if you're an unbeliever here, if you're somebody, if you're a skeptic, you're a God-hater, I guarantee you, you locked down on a photo that was tweeted out. You, somebody told you something about God and you just locked down on that concept of that idea. John was one of the disciples. And he was kind of a special disciple because he was like always in stuff. You know, he's like that kid that you played with all the time and, you know, and, you know, playing ball here, playing there, playing video games. That kid was always there. I mean, this is that guy. He was an eyewitness of, uh, of the life of Jesus. He was very close to Jesus. He was one of the disciples. Matter of fact, he was the only disciple who witnessed the crucifixion up close and also witnessed the empty tomb. He also lived long enough to see the impact of the life of Jesus, what actually happened with the life of Jesus. So what I'm telling you is he saw the whole video. He wasn't just somebody that popped up, a miracle occur, saw the crucifixion or whatever it may be. He saw the whole video. He watched the whole thing. He not only saw the string and the nets and the chase and the scissors and the wrestlings, he saw the whole story and what the whole story produced in the end. So he writes his gospel, this eyewitness account, a little bit differently. He writes it kind of like how I'm telling the story about the seals. Um, I told you what the video was going to be about before I showed it to you. See, I took all that, you trying to figure it out as it's going on, out of it. I immediately put up front, this is about a rescue of these seals and the people who rescue them. John does the exact same thing. He gives us a prologue and a synopsis before telling us anything about the events. He presents the characters, the conflict, and the overarching narrative. What's the story about? Why? Because he didn't want us to get stuck on any one particular photo without us knowing the whole story. See, and I think today that we have a problem with God because we're, we're locking down on one photo. We've lost the whole story. So here's what he does. He starts off his story about Jesus as he's eyewitnessed it this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was in the beginning with God and all things came into being through him and apart from him nothing came into being that, was, that has come into being. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was the true life, light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, referring to Jesus, and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. 
He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as receive him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So John is about to tell the events, but he says, I'm going to put, this is what this video is going to be all about. He doesn't talk about the birth of Jesus. He doesn't start off by saying the angels visited Mary, announced that she was going to be the mother of the Christ. There's no wise men in this story. There's no shepherds in this story, not because they didn't happen, but that's not what John wanted to put up front. John wants you to understand what it's all about. Now, just so that you know that I know what I'm talking about, because sometimes an audience will listen and say, this guy's an idiot, he doesn't know what he's talking about. But, so let me just give you a take. A, in the world of philosophy, this is called a teleological presentation. I know that's a big fancy word, I just wanted you to know Christians know them. You've probably been aware that we're rationalists as well, that you've probably heard a word called cosmology or a cosmological presentation of the universe. That, a cosmological presentation is one that tries to explain how it all happened. The Big Bang is a cosmological explanation of how the universe happened. So that's a cosmological thing. Matthew, Mark, and Luke present a cosmological orderly description of how we ended up with Jesus and how he ends up on the cross and dying and, and raised. So he presents this cosmological explanation on how the events occurred and, and what made them happen. A teleological explanation is relating or involving the explanation of phenomena in terms of the purpose that they serve rather than the cause by which they arise. See, we're in a generation that we're not interested in data and facts anymore. We're looking for meaning because we've lost the story. We've lost the story of humanity. We've lost the story of God. We may have facts. Nobody's arguing whether or not I can prove God. The big argument is why God? Why even bother with God? Why us? And John says, listen, I want to tell you, instead of just laying out all the facts, I want to tell you why. And John communicates that to us. In the beginning was Jesus, in the middle was Jesus, and in the end was Jesus. All this so that we could discover the compassion of the rescuer and the new life of being rescued. That's what it's all about. It's about God running on the beaches of history, cutting the string of failure and death that has been wrapped around our necks. That's what the story's all about. Well, Pastor, I can't believe because I, because I can't believe in a God that would send people to hell. Now, can I just tell you, right? We know very little about hell. Very little. I'm a theologian. I can tell you the amount of, of presentation in the scriptures about hell is, is <laughs> I mean, it, very little. I, I'm not sure who made it. I, I know God didn't. I, I, I'm not sure how long it lasts. I don't know what's there. 
I know some of the imagery language that's used, but to be honest with you, we don't know a lot about it. But isn't it funny we make it like the biggest part of the story? We've been telling you guys all along, it's about you don't want to go to hell, you want to go to heaven. And then your, your good, rational response is, really? What kind of God who is loving would send people to hell? And I'll tell you what, you're right if that's the only picture or if that's the whole video. But that's not the whole video. Uh, are, are there strings involved? Are there wrestlings involved? Is there sand involved? Is there chasing involved? Yes, these may be a part of the story, but that's not what the story is about. What's it about? Well, John tells us, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. That's what it's about. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Remember that really cool feeling that you had after watching the video? Didn't you feel proud of being a human? Didn't you feel proud about those people who were, who were doing what they were doing? Didn't you feel, I mean, you felt that feeling. Why are we feeling any other feeling about God? I mean, the Bible is telling us right here, for God so loved the world that he ran along the beaches with a net to chase down those who were, were captured in the strings of the failures of life and to rescue them. I mean, so if you're walking away from here today feeling any other way from God, you're not watching the video. And I would say if you're a skeptic and you're holding on to rationalism and empiricism based upon data, you're not actually looking at the data. You're actually being emotional about the story, not factual about the story. Am I trying to hem you in? Am I trying to wrestle you to the ground and wrestle with you on the beach? Yes, why? Because I want you to experience what it's like to be set free from the strings of life and to swim again. And that's all God wants to do. Is there a flood story? Yeah. Is that the whole story? No, no. Is there a warring in the Old Testament? Yeah. Is there a wiping out of a city? Yeah. Is that the whole story? No, not the whole story. Is there sin in the Bible? Yeah. Are there things that we do wrong? Yeah. Is that the whole story? No, not the whole. Did Jesus come and die for our sins and, and, and rose on the third day? And is, is that the whole story? No, even that's not the whole story. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Boom. That's what the story is about. Jesus said it this way. I love it because he's a seal chaser. What man among you, he said, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open pasture and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? That's exactly what we just saw in the video. When he is founded, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me for I have found my sheep which was lost. That picture of that little seal waddling its way down into the water and, and, the, and the rescuer with the string of line in his hand, he said, this isn't going to hurt them anymore. If you think Christianity is about anything else other than that, you're not reading Christianity. You've been shown some Twitter feed. 
You've been given some story that's been decontextualized, uh, a misemphasis on maybe a part of the story. So what is the synopsis? John told us right up front, as many as receive him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. Isn't it funny? John writes his whole synopsis, writes his whole prologue, and not once mentions the death and the resurrection of Jesus in it. He says he was in the beginning, he was in the middle, he'd be in the end. Because he's like, no, I want you to get what this story's about. It's all about the rescuer and the one he rescues. And he said, it's all about you having the power to become the children of God through Jesus. That's what it's all about. Hey, are there stuff in the Bible that I read that I scratch my head and like, yeah, that was a little weird. I, absolutely. Uh, there are some stories in the Bible that, you know, I look at God and what God says or what God does and I'm like, yeah, that was a heck of a thing. I'm not sure why he did that. But you know what? I, a few seconds ago, I wasn't really sure why you would have to take a seal's face and plant it into the sand. But watching what you got to do with the scissors and you don't want to hurt the seal. You want to be able to cut this line. The seal's trying to bite you. It's like, okay, maybe I can get it once I've seen the whole video. John tells us that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's what it's all about. It's all about. And I'm trying to challenge you to stop locking down on the wrong things about God. I'm also challenging you, if you're a Christian here, stop telling just part of the story. Start, start like John. If you're, gonna, if, if you're gonna walk up to somebody on the street, do not walk up to them and say, if you die tonight, do you know where you'll spend eternity? Okay, what are you doing? Walk up to them and say, tell them about, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that God wants you to have life and purpose and meaning, that he loves you. So since we know all this about the video, and, and since we know it's all involving rescue, and since we know it all involves compassion, because we know God's better than even the men and women that were running on that beach, and now that we know what the story is, now I can read this to you, and it made me mean something. And after being put on the cross, Jesus, knowing that all things had been accomplished to fulfill the scripture, said, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge full of sour wine upon the branch of hyssop and brought it up to his mouth. Therefore, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the, early to the tomb while it was still dark and saw that the stone already was taken away from the tomb. So she ran to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, that was John, and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter and the other disciple went forth and they were 
uh, and they were going to the tomb. The two were running together and the other disciple ran ahead faster than Peter and came to the tomb first and stooping and looking in, he saw the linen wrappings laying there, but he did not go in. And so Simon Peter also came, following him and entered the tomb and saw the linen wrappings lying there and the face cloth which had been on his head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. So the other disciple who had come first to the tomb then also entered, he saw, and he believed. For as yet they did not understand the full video, the scriptures, that he must rise from the dead. So the disciples went away to their homes. But Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping, and so as she wept, she stood and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting one at the head and one at the feet where the body of Jesus had been lying. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, because they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned away and saw Jesus standing there, but did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing her to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and she said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Mary Magdalene came announcing to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and he is risen. I don't know what your thoughts or stories or experiences you've had about with Christianity. Um, I don't know what you were told, and I don't know what your church experience is, and, and I'm here to try to recapture those photos from you and, and, and try to lay them out and show you the whole video. But I will tell you this about Christianity. It's all about you being rescued and invited by the one who cuts the string to be a part of his family. That's what it's all about. All those pages, all those books, all those acts, all that apple-biting stuff, all that Exodus, all that Moses stuff, all that David and Goliath stuff, all that you know Jesus stuff, all that, all of it adds up to that the one who created us, invites us to be a part of his family. That's what it's all about. That's the story. And you're in it. And God's running on the beaches of humanity, chasing us down. Now, I know when you look at Christianity, you get a little freaked out. If I'm on a beach and a man is chasing me with a pair of scissors, I'm going to be a little freaked out. Unless I've heard the whole story, unless I've discovered that there may be something wrong about me that I don't even know that is wrong about me, that maybe I'm more like a seal than I realize. I want to go and waddle my life and live it the way that I want to live, and all along I've been living with a string around my neck that is digging into the flesh and that will bring about the end of my life. I can't even sometimes wrap my head around to even see that there is a string there. 
But God makes humanity aware that there is a string around our necks. He makes us realize. And he makes us wrestle with it. He makes us wrestle with him. But all he wants to do is just cut the string so that you and I can experience new life. So today he's offering you the right of new birth and family. He's not looking to rub your face in the sand. That's not what he's not trying to prove. He's a great God and he's angry and somebody's got to satiate his anger because all he wants to do is to send us to hell. Oh my word. That might be Dante's Inferno, but that's not the biblical story of God so loved the world. Like the seal, you may have to admit you're clueless. Like the seal, you may want to pretend there's nothing wrong and you may be growling at Jesus. Like the seal, you may turn around and see God coming at you with a pair of scissors and say, what the heck? Like the seal, you may feel the pressure and the discomfort of wrestling with God. But to as many as believe in him and allow him to do his work of compassion within you, to them he gives the right, the privilege, the power, and the potential to be the sons and daughters of the living God. That's what the story's all about. So as we enter into this moment, we're going to be offering you communion. And I hope you're seeing it a little bit differently. I, I hope today you see it like this photo that it's overlaid with the rescuer. That's what we're celebrating. We're not inviting you up so that you can feel rotten all over again about what you've done wrong in your life. We're not, we're not going to stand up here today and tighten the string so that you gasp and then finally if we choke you enough God looks good no man can you put that one photo up that we called the the coup de grace of all photos I want you in the Bible Belt we have really lost our understanding of God in Christ so maybe a crucifix doesn't really represent it for you because we've lost meaning of that. It's not that it's not true. It's not that it's not real. It's not that it's not meaningful. But in this generation, I think maybe we've lost it. That's our Savior right there. I don't know who might have abused you in the past. I don't know what you think about fathers. I don't know what you think about men. I don't know what you think about Christianity. So God today is letting us use this metaphor that that's exactly Jesus today. He loves you and he wants to rescue you. So when you come up and you get the communion, you get the bread and the cup and don't get locked down on the technicality of it. Just, this is his rescue. Receive the rescue of God. And to as many as receive him, he gives the power to become the children of God. It's the greatest privilege you'll ever be offered. So let me encourage you to consider that today. 
Father, we thank you so much for your love and your grace and your mercy and kindness. God, I thank you for untangling all the string. God, I'm a fisherman. You know that. And you know I can't stand it when my line gets all caught up in somebody else's line or tangled up in the reel. God, today you are here to bring new life. You love us. Today, we focus on the story, the complete story, that to as many as receive Jesus Christ into their lives by declaring him Lord and Savior, to them you give the right swim in the water to have life and to have life abundantly not just in heaven but right now so Father God we know there's string involved we know there's sand involved we know there's some wrestling involved we know there's some chasing but God forbid if we leave here and we walk out the door and we just say it's about this God with a knife. It's not. It's about the ultimate compassion of the one for the many. And today I choose to be a part of the many who have been rescued.